Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, July 11th, 2022. If you're listening to this podcast, at some point you've probably heard me talk about the Taking Ground Project, especially if you're a part of Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, you've heard about that even more. That's what we're calling our project as we are seeking a full-time permanent facility for Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And our main focus right now has been on uh, finding land and seeking to eventually build a building on that land because the current Buildings just don't seem to be available. So we're thinking about building something, building a house. Well, today, as we uh, read First Chronicles 28 and 29, and also Psalm 127 in the Old Testament, we read about David preparing his son to build a house. Now, there was, there's a big difference between taking ground and what's going on here, where this was the temple. This was the place where the Lord would dwell, um, where in our case, yes, we are seeking to build a house for the, the people of God. We know that the church is the house of the living God, but it is not the, the same thing as the temple. Uh, and we see, though, this, this incredible effort that David put in and how much he cared. And I think as we consider this building project of the temple, we can learn something about a building project of our own, uh, even as a church. And so as we look at 1 Chronicles 28 and 29, one of the things that I want us to notice ultimately is that more than a building, uh, more than anything physical, uh, God is looking for a heart. God is looking for a certain kind of heart. And you see this, I think, so well in the charge that David gives to Solomon. So not only are we thinking about the temple, uh, as we finish up 1 Chronicles today, we will finish the life of of David. Uh, we will see David's death in um, in our passage today. So the, the reigns are getting passed to Solomon and not just the reigns of the kingdom, but also control of this specific project of building the temple. Because God made it clear, David, you are not going to build the temple, but your son is. And so uh, David charges his son, starting in verse nine of chapter 28, he says, and you, Solomon, my son, Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. There you see just some amazing words in that charge that David gives to uh, this future king in his son, Solomon. Uh, He exhorts him to know the God of your father. Uh, There we see the heart of it. It's about knowing God. That is um, at the core of what God is looking for. He wants us to know him and not just to know facts about him, but to have a relationship with him, to love him. And then it says to serve him with a whole heart and a 
willing mind. We saw part of that if you were at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley over the weekend, and we looked at Psalm 26, the idea of integrity, a wholehearted devotion. We're not divided. We're not hypocrites or two-faced. There's a wholehearted devotion to God, a willing mind. And even I love that idea. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That makes me think of Hebrews eleven six 6, uh, that without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Do you believe that seeking the Lord, that seeking his face is worth it? So more important than any kind of building, whether that's the temple or whether that's a church building, uh, God cares about our hearts. And I would hope for people at our church, Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, that more than us seeking a building, we would be seeking the Lord, knowing that if we seek him, he will be found by us. Uh, What an encouraging thought. But there we see really the heart that God is looking for. We also see David exhort his son towards the end of that chapter in verse 20. Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And there we see just that encouragement, be strong and courageous. And that is something every believer today should experience and should feel, because even though David is speaking specifically to his son, Solomon, we see even in the New Testament, some of these promises reiterated that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's true of every Christian. And so we should be strong and we should be courageous. And so I hope as we read First uh, Chronicles 28, we're challenged in our hearts to seek the Lord, to have a wholehearted devotion to him, to be strong and courageous because of his promises. But when it comes to the temple, a couple other things that should encourage us, even as we think through a building project like taking ground, uh, David prays before everyone, In 1 Chronicles 29, starting in verse 10, uh, he says, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted above all. All. He basically looks at God and says, God, everything is yours. You own it all. It's all yours. And so that's an encouraging thing as we think about trying to buy a piece of land and we look out and say, hey, where can we find one? Uh, you know what we remind ourselves with? God owns it all. God owns it all. Everything belongs to him. In verse 12, both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all in your hand are power and might. And in your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name, right? God owns everything and he's the one that we look to. And then there's a sense of just gratitude that you get from David. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer uh, thus to offer willingly. He looks at what has been given and he's amazed and just thankful that people have been able to give. That's something I think through with taking ground and look at the money that has been raised for that. And I say, God, who are we? You've been so generous 
to us. So a lot to think through and ultimately to apply to our hearts first and foremost, but also we see some things that as we think through seeking to literally build something for the Lord, for the sake of making disciples, some things that should influence our thinking there. Uh, But also Psalm 127 will give us some things to think about as it reminds us. And Solomon wrote this Psalm. It said the one who ended up building the temple, uh, he wrote, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Uh, Incredible verses there reminding us of ultimately everything is in God's hands. We trust in him. And then some amazing verses. Maybe you'll even have some of these posted around your house. If you've got kids or grandkids where it says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb, a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior and are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And that's where, uh, you know, some people take this verse and maybe to an extreme and try to act like every Christian has to have, you know, 10 plus children or, or something like that. Uh, no, but I, I think if you do look at our culture, uh, the view towards kids or having kids is not what it would be if you were building it off Psalm 127. I mean, we see, especially throughout the Western world, uh, birth rates just dropping uh, to levels where you won't even really be able to replace your civilization, right? And I think if we looked at that honestly, we'd say a lot of that is is driven by uh, really getting away from, from God's design for marriage, God's design for family, and, and really getting away from viewing children as a blessing. I think many people view children as an inconvenience, as a hassle, um, where God is saying, no, they're a, they're a blessing, they're a reward. And I hope that we can keep that right perspective as we think uh, about children from a, a biblical perspective. Uh, finally, let's go to the New Testament now and wrap up the book of First Thessalonians. Remember, this is a church that is uh, persecuted um, and Paul is encouraging them. And now he, at the end of chapter four, he started thinking about the end and the return of Christ and the rapture. And now he gives them warnings uh, saying that, hey, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And he exhorts them uh, to basically be awake. We need to be awake we need to be sober. It says in verse eight, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Uh, And that's where we we see just that encouragement again, right? That what we're seeing about the end times should encourage us. And even that reminder, we are not destined for wrath. That's one of uh, the reasons why I, I wouldn't hold to a post-tribulation view of the timing of the rapture because we're going to see during the tribulation is God pouring out his wrath on the earth and we're not destined for wrath. But that's where, you know, whatever your views on that subject might be, the emphasis here, we need to stay awake. Um, because even if you hold like me to a pre-tribulation view of the rapture, that doesn't mean that you won't experience problems. That that doesn't mean that you will not experience intense 
against persecution. So even in all of those things, we need to stay awake. And that's where I think it should remind us of the things of chapter four. We need to be pure. We need to love others. We need to have hope uh, in the return of Christ and let those things drive us and keep us from sin, keep us from becoming lazy in the task of making disciples, uh, to keep us from compromising with the world. And then just a lot of great exhortations as he wraps up the book. Uh, One little set of them in verses 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you're asking, hey, what's God's will for me today? I can guarantee you one thing, give thanks in everything. That is God's will for you today. Uh, And may we give thanks to God in all things. Again, remembering that prayer of David, he owns it all. His is the greatness, the power, the glory. May we worship him. And as David exhorted his son Solomon, may we seek him. May we know him. Uh, May we know that if we seek him, he will be found by us. Let's serve him with all of our hearts uh, because of how great he is. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.